0: We had a few meetings today with a couple of members of Congress. One of the things that we said was, hey, we're here not to tell you to stop bad legislation, but we're here with some good legislation.
1: They are trying to put me in jail for resisting the occupation peacefully. They want to to shut my voice. They don't want me to do anything to help my community. The Electronic Intifada.
2: The Electronic Intifada.
1: The Electronic Intifada.
2: This is the Electronic Intifada Podcast. I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman, you're listening to the Electronic Intifada podcast. Coming up in one moment, an interview with Isa Amro, human rights defender and co-founder of the activism group Youth Against Settlements. He talks about being on trial in an Israeli military court and facing 18 charges against him. His first court date was on October 29th, and the second one is scheduled for late December. But first, we spoke with Jennifer Bing and Brad Parker of the No Way to Treat a Child campaign about a historic piece of legislation they helped encourage U.S. Congress members to introduce on November 14th. This is Nora Barrows Friedman. You're listening to the Electronic Intifada podcast. We now go to Washington, D.C., where we're joined by Jennifer Bing of the American Friends Service Committee and Brad Parker, attorney with Defense for Children International Palestine. Jennifer and Brad have been working as part of the No Way to Treat a Child campaign, which aims to end Israel's military detention and abuse of some 700 Palestinian children each year. Earlier today, as we record this interview on Tuesday, November 14th, 10 members of Congress introduced a historic bill that would bar the U.S. from financially supporting human rights abuses of Palestinian children by the Israeli military. The Promoting Human Rights by Ending Military Detention of Palestinian Children Act was brought to the floor by Democratic Representative Betty McCollum of Minnesota. Jennifer and Brad, thank you so much for being with us on the Electronic Intifada podcast. Thanks for having us. It's
3: great to be here.
2: Jennifer, let's start with you. It's a monumental day there on Capitol Hill as this bill becomes the first ever to prioritize the human rights of Palestinian children as a condition for U.S. support. Uh, Tell us about the bill and what it's been like to see it being introduced into Congress today.
0: Well, it was really exciting. What can I say? You know, it's, it's hard to imagine just a few years ago that we... Um, When we started this campaign, um, we just didn't imagine that we would have legislation um, three years out. Uh, People have really worked hard to educate at the grassroots level, um, sending in messages, attending briefings, um, doing all sorts of things to let their members of Congress know that this is an issue that concerns. Americans, particularly people who've been to the region and seen things firsthand. Um, And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we had a few meetings today with um, a couple of members of Congress, people who haven't quite um, committed to signing on to the bill. And one of the things that we said was, hey, we're here not to tell you to stop bad legislation, but we're here with some good legislation. So that just, I don't know. I've been doing this for so long and to to be able to say that, I just wow, I didn't think it would be in my lifetime honestly.
2: Uh Brad, tell us about the significance of this bill which goes after USA to Israel specifically on the basis of Israel's abuses of Palestinian children in military detention.
3: The bill itself I think is uh, you know, it's 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 a huge success and Kind of integrating a rights based approach to policy towards Israel and Palestine, um, it, it really does set the standard as international law uh, that Israel um, should be held to. And so, you know, the bill works to prohibit military aid going to the Israeli government um, that furthers or supports. Uh, A range of violations, including ill treatment and torture of Palestinian child detainees, uh, administrative detention, the use of isolation uh, for interrogation purposes, the denial of of access to attorneys during interrogation, uh, denial of of parental protection. Sort of, you know, it it really works to make sure that U.S. taxpayer funds are not being used uh, and, and are not complicit in. Uh, these widespread systematic institutionalized violations that the Palestinian children face so um you know the the bill i think is it, it's very tight and narrow and, and focused uh in the sense that it it's really trying to use transparency uh, um, as an accountability mechanism and and you know it's not uh, cutting or adjusting the total military aid i think it's important to point that out because what it it really is doing is just uh holding accountable in some ways as americans for the support we give to make sure it's in in line with international law uh but also holding you know the 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 israelite government accountable to everything that they've obligated themselves to when it comes to international law regarding um juvenile justice standards that they've signed on to as the the convention on the rights of the child and um, kind of these basic due process guarantees and protections that are systematically sort of thrown out the door uh, in the military detention system for children. So I think it, it, aside from sort of being first ever bill in historic, it's, you know, the first ever bill (laughs) in historic as well, because it's a very concrete, direct um, piece of legislation that's, it's something to be excited about. Um, so I think that we're seeing that through, um, you know, the the co-sponsors that we we've been able to gather up until this point, and then I think the the seventeen or eighteen uh, humanitarian, human rights, and faith-based organizations that have signed on as endorsing organizations uh, behind the legislation. So uh, it is. A special moment and and I think we have a lot of work ahead for sure Um, but it is as Jennifer said I think a bit of a watershed moment where we are driving the agenda in some small way with a proactive um, vehicle um, that gives us kind of a long-term mechanism to really create space to talk about rights violations that are inherent in now 50 years of occupation.
2: That's the voice of Brad Parker of Defense for Children International and the No Way to Treat a Child campaign. Also with us is Jennifer Bang of the American, Friend, American Friends Service Committee. Um, can, actually, if both of you could comment on the, the, the next steps for this bill as it moves forward uh, in Congress on Capitol Hill, what is most important? What's the timing like right now? How, how can people advocate to support this bill and get their representatives to sign on to it? Well, given that we
0: have 10 signers um, and there are over 400 members of of representatives, um, there's a lot that people can do. Um, so that, uh, of course, the first thing is to um, send out uh, a letter to your member of Congress and find out if they signed on um, to thank them and to, and when they haven't, which is, of course, the majority of people, to start to engage in um, an important conversation about rights. Uh, the, the uh, it, with one member of, um, staff member that we met with today was leaping through the bill to try to find something in it that would be objectionable, um, that would somehow, you know, taint. Um, Paint it, you know. Oh well, this this won't stand. And he kept looking, and he couldn't find anything. And to me, that's that's a, a, a pat on the back to all the people who put so much hard work into writing this bill and making it airtight, making it based on documentation that can, that can't be refuted. And those are the kind of conversations that we have to have um, with our elected officials and with um, opinion shapers in this country. And, um, I'm excited that it's starting to happen, but, um, clearly we have a long way to go. Uh, you know, in the news every day, there are, uh, army night raids that are continuing. There are still children in detention. There are still these abuses happening. Uh, so, you know, while we're celebrating for sure that, um, we, we are seeing movement, um, you know, it's, the situation's dire i
3: I think i mean one thing that i'd just add is that i think the the long-term piece of it is is key um um, you know, I think a lot of the time uh, the Palestinian rights movement broadly is, is reactionary, you know, things are happening uh, to Palestinians, there's sort of dire things happening on the ground in Gaza, in Jerusalem, throughout the West Bank, wherever it might be, right, the, that's sort of the, the daily uh, crushing sort of grind of occupation. Um, and to, to have something proactive it, you know, it shifts the burden a bit. So um, I think mobilizing people locally to, to engage with their members of the Congress um, is, is you know, something that with the No Way to Treat Your Child campaign we support people to do. Um, but I think also having something that's proactive and, and you know, puts the, the rights-based approach out there that we want um, to be sort of the center to engage people um, throughout the U.S., I think it just has such a broader reach than a lot of the sort of defensive reactionary work that we've been forced forced to do uh, because it's important and necessary. Um, but I think having the sort of added value of something that's proactive and, and really meant to drive the conversation um, and put it in a place that uh, allows a broader range of people and voices to be brought into the movement um, really helps sustain and grow and build and, and do the political work Um, that that's really necessary.
0: This bill and this issue of um, Palestinian children in uh, Israeli military detention is something that isn't in the headlines every day. Um, uh, And it is something that has been going on for decades. And yet when we started this campaign, we were surprised by how few people even those who read electronic intifada, who are involved in the Palestinian solidarity movement, um, weren't aware of exactly what uh, uh, the, the kind of routine nature, the systemic nature of this, um, of these practices by the Israeli army. So I think that too has um, been a great learning for us uh, in trying to describe to a general public about what it means to live under occupation, what it means to live under military law, what what it's like to be without due process rights. Um, and it you know, there are communities in the United States that can relate to those issues um, through their own experiences, and it gives us an opportunity to connect um, with those communities and and joint struggles and um, joint solidarity. Uh, At the same time, you know, we do educate ourselves and our communities and we become better advocates, I think.
2: Jennifer Bing, if people want to learn more about the Promoting Human Rights by Ending Military Detention of Palestinian Children Act or want to get involved with the No Way to Treat a Child campaign, how can they do that? Well, the first thing they
0: should go to our website, which is easy to remember, no way to treat a child org, uh, and on that site um, there are lots of resources that people can um, utilize. Um, there'll also be a, a, there is an action alert where people can um, use a, a tool to send letters to the member of Congress. And we also uh, later in the month will be having a webinar for people learn more about, um, the campaign and how to get involved. And so, um, that will be also announced. So the most important thing is to sign up on our no way to treat a child, dot org uh, website.
2: Great. And, uh, we will of course be following this bill as it moves through (laughs) the house of representatives and hopefully onto the Senate floor. Um, Jennifer Bing and Brad Parker, thank you so much for all of your work and for being with us today on the Electronic Intifada podcast. Coming up in one moment, Issa Amro. Stay tuned. I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman, and this is the Electronic Intifada podcast. Today, we're joined by human rights defender Isa Amro. Isa is the founder and director of Youth Against Settlements, an activism group based in Hebron in the occupied West Bank. For years, he's been on the front line in the nonviolent defense of his neighborhood against armed and violent Israeli settlers and soldiers who are continuing the colonization of the old city. Youth Against Settlements has been organizing regular protests, including the annual Open Shahada Street campaigns, against the ongoing closure of entire sections of the city to Palestinians since 1994, when 29 Palestinians were massacred during prayers by U.S.-born settler Baruch Goldstein. Now, along with activist Farid al-Atrash, Issa is currently on trial at an Israeli military court at Ofer prison near Ramallah under indictment for his protest activities dating back to 2010. The Israeli military has leveled 18 separate charges against him, while al Atrash is being charged for his participation in the 2016 Open Shahada Street protest. Amro's lawyer, Gabi Lasky, told the Tel Aviv newspaper Haaretz in 2016 that the sudden resuscitation of past events for which Amro was arrested and released at the time absolutely seems to be a matter of political persecution. Isa Amro has not only faced persecution and jail time by Israel but by Palestinian Authority forces working with the Israeli military as a proxy force. Under the auspices of the Electronic Crimes Law, a measure passed by Palestinian Authority leader Mahmoud Abbas over the summer, PA forces detained and charged Issa over Facebook posts critical of the PA's earlier arrest of the head of a radio station in Hebron. He was released on bail about a week later, and, and he told reporters he was beaten during interrogation. He was kept in a tiny, filthy cell, and no family, media, or international diplomats were allowed to attend his hearing in a PA court. Amnesty International has called all of the charges against Issa and Farid al-Attrash baseless. And in June, 39 members of the U.S. Congress, including Senator Bernie Sanders, sent letters to the U.S. State Department in support of Issa. Issa now joins us from Hebron. Issa Amro, thank you so much for being with us again on the Electronic Intifada podcast.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me to speak
2: so, Isa, you've been through a lot the last few months, uh, on top of regular harassment, threats, and violence directed at you by Israeli settlers who are taking over your neighborhood. This is not the first time that you've faced arrest and imprisonment by the Israeli army. Uh, can you talk about what happened during uh, the first military tribunal and and what you think Israel is attempting to do through this process?
1: Yani, to, to be clear, that I'm not the only Palestinian who is... Uh... Targeted by the Israeli military system, it's it's about the system, it's about the the military occupation and the violence and the oppression from the Israeli occupation on the Palestinian people. Many other human rights defenders are targeted. Uh, they were you know they were put in jail. They they are attacked. They are intimidated. I am one of them. My friend Farid is one of them. Uh, They they are trying to put me in jail for resisting the occupation peacefully. They want to to shut my voice. They don't want me to do anything to help my community or to increase the awareness in the international community about the apartheid, about the discrimination, about the segregation in in Hebron and in all over uh, Palestine. It's kind of making me busy with my own trial instead of helping the Palestinian children and the Palestinian women and the Palestinian people who are suffering from daily abuses from the occupation and from the israeli uh, settlers me personally i am against the military system i am against the military court uh, and the, the only solution to uh, to make israel accountable according to the international international law for its discrimination for its segregation and for its settlements
2: can you talk about these 18 separate charges and and really what it looked like uh, that first day of the military tribunal, what the state called, who the state called as witnesses, and what kinds of uh, accusations are being uh, put against you?
1: Um, you know, I am accused of inciting to nonviolence. They accused me of incitement many times. They accused me of uh, uh, organizing illegal uh, actions participating legal action they, they mean that my participation in the peaceful protest and my uh, my, my involvement in organizing campaigns as open sure the street campaign which is asking to open the closed shops closed markets closed uh, streets the the persecutors said it loud in the, the courtyard that one two three four occupation no more is provocation and it's not allowed in the israeli military system according to the 101 uh, law which prohibit any kind of uh, political general assembly of Palestinian people. We are not allowed to gather, uh, you know, more ten, you know, 10 people are not allowed to gather for any political reason according to the military law 101. They can put me in jail for 10 years for raising the Palestinian uh, flag. That is the military system. That is the the, the military law. And that's what is happening. You know, they don't want me to practice my general assembly or to say no to the occupation or to say no to the apartheid policies, which I am suffering and my people are suffering from.
2: That's the voice of Isa Amro. He's the founder and director of uh, Youth Against Settlement, speaking to us from Hebron in the Occupied West Bank. Isa, last year, several members of the U.S. Congress toured Hebron with you. And during a visit to Washington, D.C., just a couple of weeks ago, uh, you met with several members of Congress, including uh, Senator Sanders and Congressman Keith Ellison. Major international human rights groups, along with 39 uh, members of the U.S. Congress, have condemned Israel's treatment of you do you believe there's enough pressure on the Israeli government and its military to make a difference in your case and and other cases uh, against Palestinians facing similar uh, accusations and indictments?
1: I can say that my my case is rare. To have that much support is is rare. The majority of the Palestinians they don't have that support. I hope that this support will be for all the Palestinians, and it will be against the occupation. It's a good beginning to make uh, um, American politicians and international uh, human rights organizations to speak loud against the occupation and to to have the courage, really, to talk about the human rights violations, because Israel is trying to shut off everybody, even in the U.S. And as Gidon Levy said, that the occupation is destroying the democracy, not only in Israel, even in the U.S.A. and all over the world, because the occupation is trying to make the international uh, community be silent and trying, you know, to make everybody accept that Palestinians will be second or third class citizen in their own uh, country. It's a good beginning. We should build on uh, on that case and we should ask them for more and support them to speak more and more against the occupation and against the human rights violations and in favor of the Palestinian uh, full rights.
2: Issa, as I mentioned, uh, you were also arrested, detained, and beaten by Palestinian authority forces in September. How were you treated during that recent detention, and what are the similarities and differences between uh, your treatment by the PA and your treatment by Israel?
1: I can't compare, you know, the PA with with Israel. Israel is the oppressor. Israel is the main uh, problem for the Palestinian people, the misbehavior of the Palestinian people. Uh, the Palestinian uh, police uh, toward me was really severe I was really you know mistreated uh, I hope that they change their own uh, uh, misbehavior with their own people and support their 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 people uh, you know freedom of expression and they should you know the Palestinian Authority should drop the cyber crime law and they should respect human rights more and more and they should not listen to the Israeli pressure to to you know to to, to use this kind of uh, detention against Palestinian uh, activists and against all the Palestinians.
2: Let's take a step back for a few minutes here. Can you describe the everyday violence of the situation for you and your community in Hebron, in the old city where you live? Can you paint us a picture of what it is you and and others are resisting every day?
1: You know, we in Hebron are, are resisting a kind of displacement, ethnic cleansing almost everyday segregation uh, you know you know we have certain streets in Hebron where they they ask you about your religion and according to your answer you walk on the main road or you walk on the side of the road that is in 2017 this is what we are fighting we are fighting israeli settlers they just came uh, you know to the city you know they they claimed the city they changed the names of our own streets the names of our own neighborhoods from palestinian arabic names to an israeli Hebrew names, you know, they are changing my own streets in my lifetime. They are moving my city to be a, a ghetto, you know, we, we can't move. Uh, you need to have a number to pass the checkpoint. Your friends who are not living in the city center, you know, in in, in, in the areas which is inside the, the checkpoint, if they, if you don't have a number and your name is not registered, you can't come in. So if your brother, your friends, if you want to hold a party, if you want to to do to have a, a doctor, an electrician, they can't come in without a special special coordination. Even the Palestinian ambulance needs a special coordination, which means that you skip all the emergency cases. So Palestinians don't have access to emergency uh, ambulance because of the occupation, settler violence. Settlers they attack us day and night, with throwing stones, throwing Molotov cocktails, saying a lot of bad words against us, without any kind of accountability and with full impunity. They broke into a Palestinian house two months ago, and it's against even the Israeli law. The Israeli government is supporting that. It's, it's the only country on earth where the government is contradicting its own legal system. They are supporting the settlers to steal Palestinian homes, the, to steal Palestinian land. On the other hand, the Israeli legal system in some cases are against that, but the Israeli government does nothing. This is the situation in Hebron that we have around 1,800 shops Closed because of the closure policy. 1,000 Palestinian apartments became empty. It's a ghost town. I invite all the listeners to come and watch by their eyes and have a first-hand testimony from the Palestinians who are suffering from oppression, intimidation, discrimination, apartheid every day. It's about, you know, that we say it loud. Nakba, Naksa, they didn't finish. They are trying to take more. They are trying to push Palestinians to leave their homes, to leave their land. That is the result of uh, Balfour on the 100th uh, uh, anniversary of Balfour declaration that the international community is supporting Israel and they are deny- denying the Palestinian rights and they are denying the Palestinian identity and denying the Palestinian suffer from the occupation and discrimination and apartheid.
2: And because of your work uh, highlighting this um, this everyday violence of the occupation, um, you're, you're looking at a heavy prison sentence. Um, do you think you'll be sent to an Israeli prison? And, and how are you preparing for that?
1: I am very, you know, very, very, very sad about that. I am very disappointed even because, you know, using non-violence resistance must be appreciated by everybody on the, the world. That is the best tool to end the incubation. It's not only about the, the sentence. You know, I'm only already convicted the, the, the conviction rate in the military court is more than 99.5%. It's not, it's not a just court. It's not a fair trial. It's a military court. The court is to strengthen the occupation, is to oppress me and to oppress other Palestinians. So I don't believe even in the, in the, in the military court. The military court is there to, uh, you know, crim- criminalize me, to put me in jail without a, a real uh, reason. So it's not about me. It's about the military system and it's about the, the occupation. I don't want to go to jail. I'm 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 not ready for that. I want to go on with my human rights work and my my my, my activities and actions for my own uh, people and I hope that more Palestinians will join because of you know that because of what I'm doing and because of me trying to recruit them to the non-violence resistance. I think the Palestinians, they have a, a very long history of non-violence resistance. Now we are using the social media and using Then your technology to highlight that, to increase the awareness uh, about that, to mobilize the Palestinians. But the occupation, they don't want any kind of uh, resistance and they don't want the Palestinians even to say no to the occupation. Me personally, I really even suffer more on the ground these days. I'm always detained, I'm always attacked, blacklisted. You know, I don't have a normal life because of my human rights activities and my non-violence approach.
2: Issa, finally, what's the next step for people who want to support you and the campaigns of Youth Against Settlements? What's the best way to get involved?
1: The people who want to to support me, they should, you know, join the Palestinian solidarity groups all over the world. They exist. Just you know, Google solidarity group in your own city or in your in your in your own country. You will find a lot of Palestinian uh, solidarity groups, and they have a lot of very very good campaigns against the occupation. That is very important. You know, try to use all kinds of non-violence campaigns to use to use it against the occupation media is very important target the media the media is the mainstream media till now is very biased and they don't show the reality on the ground write to your politicians to your senators to your congress members to your parliament members to make them uh, take action and to speak loud against the occupation and encourage them to do so because i know many they uh, they know that there is something bad happen- Happening these days, but they are afraid to speak because of the the, the 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 campaigns against them, or you know Israel tries to sabotage their own campaign. Need to inform more people and send celebrities to Palestine, send more uh, politicians and uh, journalists to Palestine to see by their eyes what is happening on the ground. That is very very important, and I think that we should not lose hope. I am very optimistic in spite of everything happening to me and everything happening. In Palestine these days, that one day we will get our freedom, our justice, and our equality as everybody in the world.
2: Isa Amro speaking to us from uh, Hebron in the West Bank. Isa, uh, thank you so much. And we will, of course, keep updating and following your case. Thank you. And please take care. that's it for the electronic intifada podcast thanks to sharif zakut our music maker and production assistant for news information cultural features and reviews and pointed opinion and analysis visit us online at electronicintifada.net where you can also post comments and sign up for our daily email digest follow us on twitter at intifada Radio stations are free to use this podcast, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, support The Electronic Intifada by rating it and leaving a review. On behalf of all of us at The Electronic Intifada, thank you for listening.